fresh out of the gates. We have ourselves a coup. Yeah, dry January. Oh yeah, brother. Cheers from the Capitol. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So fuck. So we're recording this Thursday, the day after um, the coup. Bloody coup attempt in our nation's capital. Wednesday, bloody Wednesday. Yeah. So. I mean, I feel like that's kind of representative of all of our feelings on the pod. It's just, yeah, this is not good. What's up? Welcome back to episode six of Spot the Lie, the latest in the freight train of white males who think they can run a podcast. Co-host Cuffy here. We have Hugh as my fellow co-host. What's up? And as as always, bully on the ones and twos. So today, obviously, we're going to be going recapping, uh, you know, kind of last week of the NFL, as well as looking ahead to the first. It's called Supercard Weekend. So buckle up. You know, three games on Saturday, three games on uh, Sunday. Uh, however, before it's not we... officially called Supercard Sunday, is it? Yes, it are. Yeah, the yeah, NFL is it's uh, not just it... wild card. Yeah, it's... that's. The fucking Electric. stupidest thing I've ever heard before in my life. I, I like. I need like a super. super well, I guess this, that's the second stupidest thing I've heard in the past forty-eight hours. Uh, but obviously, as we're recording this on Thursday, um, events of the past twenty-four hours have transpired that we felt we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention it. Uh, you know, also our first podcast, twenty twenty-one, and uh, there was a coup. So that fucking happened which was fucking frightening. Yep. We had right-wing terrorists take over the Capitol. And I think they were there for a couple hours, at least. Um, four people are dead. Five. Uh, no, five. Five, five, five people now are dead. Capitol uh, ca- police officer just died. Oh, yeah. I did see that. There was 50 Capitol police officers that have been injured. And they arrested 15 people. So that's where their priorities were. More people get arrested at a fucking Buffalo Bills tailgate. Pre-game. Pre-game slander. Tailgate. This is, that was slander. More people get arrested protesting the Kavanaugh hearings than they did for taking over the Capitol. Or the Americans with Disabilities Act. Mm-hmm. Same. So I think, I just want to, the thing that when I was first seeing it, you know, on the news yesterday. Warnock. Senator Warnock got arrested praying at the Capitol, protesting the Americans, the ADA repeal. So I, it's crazy, just complete banana land. The thing that I just simply cannot get my head around, and it was the thing I kept saying when I was seeing all these images on the screen, it was like, where was everyone? They knew this was going down. This didn't just come out of left field and surprise everyone. This has been on the schedule like for a while. How did no one raise their hand and was like, hey, these these fucking people are gonna try and like intimidate us or at least show up outside. Like no one, I don't think at least So there's a lot there's a lot of issues obviously going into this. And a big one is that because it's Capitol Police, those are federal police officers. Park police is the same way. They're federal police officers. They're not DC police, they're not DC National Guard. DC police were out. DC National Guard was out. But because it was on the Capitol, it takes the federal government to coordinate that the federal government refused to bring in extra police departments until an hour into the siege. 
Yeah, I heard uh, Steny Hoyer was calling the Maryland governor Hogan mm-hmm. Republican, and Nancy Pelosi was like pleading with the Virginia governor. I don't know, is it McAuliffe still? Uh, Northam or Northam? Yeah, um, essentially just begging them to to. I don't even. I don't think they. They didn't have the authority to nationalize their national guard and send it across state lines. Right, they can send districts. <laughs> they can send in state police into D.C. and the mayor obviously allowed it. The mayor of D.C. she allowed those police to come in, but any sort of federal troops, which the national any sort of national guard to move across states requires federal authorization, which requires the commander in chief, who was sitting at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania watching all of this and refusing to do anything about it. I mean, it was, it was like a perfect storm of literally everything that could go wrong. Like literally what happened when COVID hit and it's like, oh shit, you know, we need a strong federal response and a good, you know, solid leader to like coordinate all the efforts and we'd be like, maybe be able to manage it. Uh, plot twist, like the fucking one guy that you didn't want to have sitting in the Oval Office had to be there. And it's like now... Today, it was like such like a microcosm for his whole time in office, which was like, yeah. I mean, there was like fucking it. I mean, but I guess the hopefully one of the positives that comes out of this is uh, we're going to have our 51st state. Maybe. <clears throat> I think we have, but, some, we have some issues with that. I mean, yeah. when, I would just say first, like to preface, we're, we're not a political podcast and it would be a dereliction of our duty, um, which seems to be all the craze these days to Yo. the listener. <laughs> to not talk about it, but I think you put it into perspective that it was the president and a few Supreme court justices essentially away from being a state of the union in that Capitol building. Like you have the mm-hmm. line of secession down to the president pro tempore and the, yeah, you got the next three in the line of, line and of succession. the incoming VP all in the same room. And it's like that uh, video of the guy that, is at the um, the gate and he just pats the people down and they walk through. Uh, yeah, the shitty uh, security guard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's just you know, people are yeah. comparing and... it to, to to the largest security failure since nine eleven, which obviously nine eleven you didn't even see coming. This is something that <laughs> was broadcasted for weeks. Mm-hmm. Broadcast all over the internet, everywhere. Like They've they been... weren't trying to hide it. No, they wanted people to know. <laughs> which is why anybody who says it was Antifa or Black Lives Matter does, doesn't deserve to have a platform. It's disgusting that anybody would say anything like that. They were bragging about it. They were bragging about it on social media while it was happening. Everybody knew who these people were. That guy in the fucking Buffalo cosplay, he is a known QAnon supporter and leader, and he was taking pictures with Rudy like not even a month ago. It's disgusting. It's just, it, it could have been a lot, I mean, I'm not trying to be like, it was like good, but it could have been a lot worse. Like I was like, holy shit, like these bullets, if bullets started to like fly. They found people with like, what was it? 12 Molotov cocktails ready to go. Those two pipe bombs that were found were live bombs at yeah. the RNC and the DNC. Those were live bombs. Those weren't just dummy bombs. They defuse, did they have like the bomb squad come in and like defuse sure. them? sure. But obviously they didn't go off, but like still like, yeah, fucking A. But, uh, and I think we'd be remiss to not mention that this was not President Trump alone. He had enablers every step of the way, starting with Republican Senator from Missouri, Josh Hawley, who after all of this happened, Congress got back together at 8 p.m. to do 
their constitutional duty to certify the electoral college. And you had Josh Hawley get up there and still decertify the results and still try to go through with this coup. And he wasn't alone. I want to list off every single Republican Senator that went along with this after the coup happened. You please, had, don't, please don't do the house after we don't have all night. We're not doing the house, but I do have the numbers. We have Senator Ted Cruz. We have Senator Josh Hawley, Senator Cindy Hyde Smith, Senator John Kennedy, Senator Cynthia Loomis, Senator Roger Marshall, Senator Rick Scott, and Senator Tommy Tuberville still voted to decertify Arizona and Pennsylvania. That's Coach Tuberville to you. Yeah, I mean, like, again, my... my I know we're not a political podcast, but... Yeah, but seriously. Those people deserve to be... Their political uh, career uh, should be over. Oh, there you go. Okay, we thought we were going to have to do a disclaimer right there to the FBI and any other services that listen to the pod. What's more, what's almost more disgusting than taking over the Capitol and doing this coup is that as of the recording of this podcast, they're still defending their actions. Josh Hawley is still defending his actions. He is still priming to run in 2024. He's a top Republican presidential candidate in 2024. Same with Ted Cruz. Nothing has changed. This didn't change anything. You had a quarter of the House you had the majority of the House Republican Congress people voted to decertify this. And they were applauding Matt Gates when he said Antifa was the problem and not the right-wing terrorists that took over the House, the Capitol building. And, and to, to put it in perspective, I know we already offended the people of Nebraska. Now we're going after um, a few other states. Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley went to Ivy League schools. They clerked for Supreme Court justices. They're either married to rich people or came from families of rich people. Bulls. They do not um, sympathize with you and um, behind closed doors, likely open to test, openly detest uh, their voters. So, well, so no, I was going to go a different way with that bully. Um, they know what they're doing is, is I feel like some of these maybe uh-huh. more in the house, you know, these like big, they like rode on the coattails of Trump to get into office. And so they're going to keep fucking that chicken until there's, you know, the chicken is just pieces in their hand. Well, Holly did, but Cruz predates Trump. No, but I'm, what I'm saying is like, even Holly, he knows what he's doing. He, this is a political maneuver. It's a fucking joke. They like, it's like all these reports. It's like, oh, if they're in their office and they're talking, you know, Joe Schmo to Joe Schmo, they know that there's not a fucking like rat's chance in hell that any of this what they're doing is more than just a fear this is just a, a fucking performance art that they're doing it's yeah and they prop up trump they prop him up ahead of any sort of responsibility to the country to the constitution to their states it's disgusting it's a joke. yeah i think i think just from from what we saw too the the amount of trump flags the don't tread on me. And then the Confederate battle flag going through the Capitol rotunda just shows that there are higher goals than the, or maybe not higher goals, different goals than uh, the preservation of the United States or any sort of uh, patriotism or uh, better cause of, of unification of states. Yeah. We flew an insurgents flag through the halls of our Congress, the oldest beacon of democracy in the fucking world 
Which was built by slaves. Yes, it was. Wow, that was a that was a spin zone right there, bully. Yeah, I mean, you-, you know, Abraham Lincoln gave his inaugural address from the steps of the Capitol that was being built by slaves. That's there's no other way to put it. Yeah, it was just all around. Just I don't think words can even describe it. Like despicable is putting it lightly. Um, it's it's, it's in, they're insurgents. It was as if a foreign mm-hmm. country came in and tried to take not only a physical building, but it was just, it's beyond just the building itself. It's the, sim- the symbolic nature of the building. And with under these false pretenses too, I mean, you see these videos and they're like, that's our house. You know, we deserve to be in our house. Like we're patriots. Like, okay, fuck off. You know, you one, you can't just like, as over the past many, many years, the right and increasingly the fringe, the alt-right and neo-Nazis and white supremacists have tried to, you know, lay a monopoly on patriotism and that, that, that it's their way or the highway and everyone against us is, you know, a socialist cuck. Yeah. It's not, it's not new and it's not, it's not something that is just created. It's something that's now the majority of uh, half of the American population. I was just yeah. thinking I, for, for that's us, what I think <laughs> the point of this is also is that this isn't a fringe movement. Yeah. This, this is, is the central. majority of the house Republicans support this and they encouraged it yeah it's a culmination yeah and i know we were all glued to the tv glued to twitter internet social media i was just thinking this is probably one of the you know one of the crazier days of my life i can remember i was too young to really comprehend 9-11 i just remember like seeing my parents and the reaction to that so i would say you know wednesday particularly for us in the northeast the boston bombing the the marathon bombings especially because I was on college break. So I had friends that were home. What do you guys think of like, are there other days or events like this? You can remember that you are just glued to the news. Oh, man, that's, that's a good question. Um, wow, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember now. I mean, the, the Boston yeah. Marathon bombing for sure. Uh, I, Sandy Hook really shook me. I remember seeing that. That was fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Parkland, similar. Parkland, yeah. Uh, but like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, uh, this year's election, I was pretty much glued. Yeah, yeah, but elections, I think you're, you're always, always glued. glued. Yeah, you know, you're expecting that day, that election day, to just be glued to the television uh, and up in the wee hours of the night. You don't really expect it when they're voting, essentially, a very procedural vote to just say, "Yep." these are valid votes, which yeah, is it's a, yeah. it's a formality. This was all big. Mm-hmm. formality. It's, it's a, a vestige of an older bygone era. They don't need to do this. You know, it's a formality when the vice president is at the Senate, they don't <laughs> just head over there and hang out. I mean, that being said, it was an unreal day on Twitter, both for the oh, hor- absolutely. horror just, and the hilarity and the hilarity, both, both, both. Um, the internet does not miss memes, videos, retorts, the orderly lines through the rotunda, the people asking, should I be sending a work email during a coup? Like the true American ethos is just roasting people on the internet. And I am a recent adopter of Twitter within the past couple of years. And I've always seen these jokes of, Oh, can you imagine if Twitter was happening during X day in history? Um, you know, what was Twitter doing when Germany invaded Poland and they have these like Twitter threads where they're all making fun of it. And it just proved so true 
because everybody is, they're all trying to figure out what's going on. And we all understand, everybody understood the gravity of the situation, but that doesn't mean these people in these absurd costumes shouldn't just be roasted to hell. So Twitter definitely stood up yesterday. I'm going back over some of the tweets and it is unbelievable. Like one of them, it shows the school of rock, the, uh, the I'm just a bill sitting on Capitol Hill. And the, the uh, captions like this motherf- motherfucker didn't even make it that far. It's on the bottom <laughs> of the steps. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, easily a top five Twitter day to be online. Oh yeah. And it sucks that it was on a Wednesday because I had to like fake my way through working. But I mean, no work was good. I was, productivity was at an all time low. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't, any listener out there who doesn't know, uh, I live pretty close to the events that took place, um, which is also one of the reasons why I'm wearing my curly W hat today uh, in support of my city. And basically our office was just saying, just watch television. Don't, don't worry about anything. We canceled all calls. I was on a video call. I think it started at two 30. I was there for like a half an hour and I just, with no saying goodbye or anything, I just left the call. I was like, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm not paying attention to this. There's more important stuff going on than my work. So yeah, so with that, uh, let's go into the NFL. Um, we're going to keep it, last week's recap, I think we're going to keep pretty short and sweet, but there is one game in particular that I think everybody wants to talk about. And that is the game that ended the 2020 NFL season, the Sunday night game, Washington football team taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. This was a shit show of a game. You had a close, pretty good, I won't even say defensive battle. I think it was just bad offensive battle is the better way to put it. Bad teams playing. They're both bad. They're not good. Yes. The Washington defense, to be fair, is good. At least they're front four. You could say they're young. They're promising. They're a year away. And then you had Peterson, the Philadelphia Eagles head coach, go for it on fourth and goal from like the seven, which made absolutely zero sense to anybody at the time. They were down three, by the way. Down Down three. three. They were down 16-13, I think. So couldn't have kicked, kicked the field goal and tied it up at 16. Decides to go for it to take the lead. I think there was still five minutes left in the third quarter or something like that. It was a, there was a good amount of time left in that game. And he decides to go for it. There was no need. There was no one with a gun to his head being nope. like, you better fucking go for it. And to be fair, there was a wide receiver that was wide open. Jalen Hurts skipped it into the grass into him. Uh, not a great throw. But then Doug Peterson decides to pull Jalen Hurts and put in Sudfeld which his name isn't even a quarterback's name. It sounds like dish soap. Like, why is this guy even on the field? So, thoughts? He, he had to get a look at him. I, I see, no lies. No, it, it pissed me off to no end. And it's, it's kind of like the way of, I guess, our society now, where it's like the outrage swings one way, and then the response to the outrage swings the other way. And of course, as with everything in life, it's like somewhere in the middle, you know, the shades of gray. But I'm talking about the New York football giants and them yeah. being up in arms 
that the Philadelphia Eagles, who are already out of it, you know, this was, again, mm-hmm. like a throwaway game for them. They did not need to win this. Right. Well, they so purposefully I, did. They pur- yes, they 100% just on purpose tank so they can improve their drafts slot by like three spots three three, three, three spots that's my issue that's my issue though there are teams that purposely lose every year in the last week of the season but you don't purposefully lose like if they want to purposely lose start Sudfeld for the whole game then exactly if this is it's fucking ridiculous like if Peterson go ahead or if they get up by like more than like two scores then you can do it it was only three points, and it was like, you know, you might as well keep going and, like, see what the fuck happens. You got this guy, Jalen Hurts, you might have lucked into. You know, he might not, you know, jump off the page, but he was playing better than Carson Wentz. But it's also, seem, an, ex- people it's also rally an excuse, though, to go into next year and be like, uh, if they can't trade Carson Wentz, you can't say, ah, oh, we don't know. It's It could be Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts, if Jalen Hurts scores 40 points that game, and nobody takes Carson Wentz's contract. You, Eagles are fucked. I mean, Eagles are fucked either way. Yeah, the <laughs> let's just fucked. make that clear. <laughs> even if it doesn't matter what Jalen Hurts does that game, moving that contract is going to be very, very tough. And even if they do, they're on the on the hook for the dead money, money that's the signing bonus money. So they're fucked either way. I don't I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> it was, but it's like it's just slight. It's slaps in the face of just like competitive sports like even like the jets i know like it was a big joke it was like tank for trevor they still like they're going out there to play you can't just like ha- like there are some yeah. sports where you like half ass and their fans were pissed fucking, you're playing fucking football this okay so this is this is a point doug peterson got saved because there was no fans in the stands this game was played in philly can you imagine at the middle of the third quarter, down by three, he just pulls Jalen Hurts, and there's a full stadium of Philadelphia drunk Philadelphia Eagles fans on a Sunday night? You better hide the batteries. There'd be yeah. some D. There'd be some D's getting chucked. Those fucking clunky ass D's. Yeah, he would like, have definitely caught a battery. I don't even know if the game would have been able to finish, which probably would have been the most 2020 ending of the season that I could imagine. I mean, how about Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth? Just the utter disgust. They just gave zero fucks. I mean, they were like, this is a fuck. They basically wanted to say, this is a fucking joke. They basically did. (laughs) Collinsworth straight up was like, I'm going to, people are going to yell at me, but this needs to be called out. This is a joke. So I guess that brings me to the thought question of the day as it relates to this game. THOT? Sure. Remember, it's 2020, 2021. It's 2021. Yeah. It might um, still be 2020. I, we haven't verified. Are you one of those yet. people like it's day 372 or 2020? Um, it might be. Would could the Eagles? I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but say if all is right with the world, they should they should like face some sort of punishment, right? Like Peterson should be fined. Like if there was How? actually like it, like. Integrity. Here's the thing. Because it, it's a, this is like an integrity of the league type of uh, I'm not an issue. Eagles follower, but apparently Peter's been, Peterson's been saying all week that he was he wanted to see what Sudfeld had in a game situation. Even after saying that he was going to start Jalen Hurts. You can't quite do that. I mean, you could make the same argument against the Steelers for sitting their starters when the Dolphins were waiting on that game to get in. 
The Dolphins needed the Browns to lose in the afternoon slot. Yeah, but it's different when like you just start the game like that. I agree. You know what I mean? And like it's it's what we were saying earlier. You gotta you gotta be able to read a game situation. If you're down by 14 midway through the third, sure. And you have no dog in the fight, and at that point it's like, let's just pack it up, go home. And he's not doing Sudfeld any favors. No, I mean also the guy looked there. He made Nate Peterman look good. Well, that's not true. Peterman threw four interceptions in a row. Sudfeld had two turnovers in a row. 50% of the production. You could, tell, he, you could tell his offensive line also said, uh, hey, some of these guys might sneak through. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> well, this was another thing. You had Jason Kelsey two weeks before this game go on this long tirade to the press about how we're not going to give up. That's not who the Philadelphia Eagles are. We're going to go out there and play hard. We don't care about draft picks. This is what we do. And then you had Peterson after the game. Like, I, I don't know how Peterson, go, Peterson goes into that locker room and looks Jason Kelsey in the eyes. He doesn't. Yeah, he, no. I think we'll talk about the coaching carousel later, but he's on the... Uh, he just has like a riot shield in front of him as he goes through. Topical. Let's just so, say there might be an insurrection in the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Locker. But there's... We can, all right, we'll talk about that on the, on the other end, but there's some thoughts on what happened there. So let's go into the playoffs. We oh, have, fuck yeah, playoffs, super, playoffs? super card weekend, apparently, is what it's called now super these card. days. So Saturday, we have three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, uh, including a game that's going to be simulcast on Nickelodeon, which I can't fucking wait for. I don't even know how to get Nickelodeon. I'll figure it out. I, I, three televisions one of them will be the nickelodeon screen you also pay for cable like a like an old yeah i pay for cable because i put it in and it works find a nickel yeah it came in handy when, when you were watching the house and senate on two separate screens this week it did i didn't realize i thought i was gonna have to watch it on games but i had to put on the house floor and the senate floor on two different screens uh, that's, why, that's why there's c-span one and two baby that's right that's why i pay for the big that's why you pay the big bucks pay the pay for that cable so game number one of the weekend we kick off with also, I'm just going to go out ahead and say this. This is also my favorite for the week. Uh, Colts visiting the Bills, the seven versus the two seed. You have the Colts who were in a, uh, they, hold on. The Colts coming in after actually a closer win than it should have been to Jacksonville last week. And you have the Bills just coming off of a, Huey stamped mushroom thumping of the Miami <laughs> Dolphins to eliminate them. I thought we left that in 2020. Oh no, it's coming with us. Yeah, so thoughts on this game, Cuffy? Yeah, Buffalo's gonna fucking roll. Buffalo's a wagon. And I mean to know that like they are nowhere so good to wagon like the Buffalo Bills, but they are a wagon. They're gonna fucking kick in the fucking doors of the Colts. Philip Rivers might die. He might die. And there's this gonna be fans. probably there's going to be fans in Buffalo, yeah. Bills Mafia. If I don't see Pinto Ron with Bukaki of mustard and ketchup all over his face, if Phil Rivers, be if Phil Rivers doesn't get hit with a dildo, then what's 2020 been for? You know, chances that Philip Rivers knows what a dildo is. Quick go. I think yeah. I, <laughs> I just had two things there: one, live fans; two, Josh Allen. That's all you need to know about the Buffalo Bills playing. Those are a wagon. 
They're very good. I'm laying the points at minus six and a half. That line's been moving. So if you like under a touchdown, grab it early. I'll, I'll grab it right fucking out. But yeah, we're all in agreement. Buffalo, easy. It's the a, next it's a nice, game. It's a nice foreplay into the into the weekend. It is. It's, it's a good uh, job in similar to Thanksgiving when you had the Bucks just they just beat the shit out of the Lions or something like that on Thanksgiving. Or was the Vikings? I can't remember. Not the Bucks. No. Get your facts straight. Going on to the next game of the weekend on Saturday at 4.40 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff, we have the Rams visiting the Seahawks. Jared Goff, I don't think, is going to play. So what do they have? That that Walford kid? The kid who was like a Walford? He he worked in like private equity. Yeah, he had to update his LinkedIn. Good for him. All the finance finance majors across the way. Every D three football player econ major is just p- pumping his arm right now. <laughs> but uh, so I mean, he's one and zero. Yeah, numbers don't lie. Last time I checked, uh, not, yeah. Seattle Seattle's what favored by three and a half. That's what it looks like, according to William Hill. Please gamble this, responsibly. This one is uh yeah one eight hundred gambler if you have an issue. Um, I'm tempted to go with Los Angeles. Tempted to take the dog. So I feel like Seattle is the classic have been getting progressively worse as the season rolls on and have been kind of slipping under the radar that they've been getting progressively worse as they, the season they, Didn't they close the season five and one and beat up on like really bad quarterbacks? That's what I'm Including saying. Including Jared Goff. That's and barely, that but like list. barely winning some of these games against inferior quarterbacks. Like their offense has come back down to earth, and their defense has gotten low key better. So this they is gonna be only looked good I, against I, the Jets. I would take the under easily on this game. Forty two is not a lot of points in the NFL. You think, you think Wofford is going to score a lot of points? That Seattle defense didn't get that much better. They just played bad quarterbacks. Yeah. He's so not both a good of one. these teams. This is the third matchup in this of this series for the season. Uh, obviously, divisional rivals. So both of the home teams have won. So they split the season series with the Rams beating the Seahawks. Uh, they did a pretty good job against them. Their defense really shut them down back when the Seahawks were still flying high. And But then late in the season, Rams offense just couldn't get anything going uh, in Seattle. And this game will be in Seattle again. It's hard. It's hard to like the Rams in this spot with a backup quarterback. Good to see the Rams defense taking over, though. Yeah, but I'm an NFC fan. I've just been hurt so many times by Russell Wilson pulling up some fucking magic out of his ass. And you think he's down, and then all of a sudden he's throwing a 40-yard bomb to DK Metcalf. That, that offense is still there. Unless Brian Schottenheimer has been looking at the Jets' job too much and not focusing on the Rams. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like this game. If I would, I would not bet it. If I had a gun to head, I would pick, I would choose the Rams to cover at least. Yeah, three points is it's a good amount. So unless anybody else has anything, unless anybody has anything else, move on to Tampa Bay visiting the below 500 Washington football team. Tampa is favored. Uh Tampa's favored by eight or nine, depending on where you look. 
uh, over under a 44 and a half, which is also, this is my under Tampa Bay has scored over 44 points, uh, back to back weeks, but I still like the under in this game. Okay. Well, that's a dumb take. Um, I thought the, the bigger storyline you're going to say is Tom Brady against the NFC East once again. And this is Tom Brady's first playoff playing as a wildcard team. This is his first road game in the wildcard round. He, well, he's never played in the wildcard round before. He has played in the wildcard round before, yes. He has not been a wildcard team. He played in the wildcard round last year against the Titans and got smoked. He didn't get the bye last year. That must have been the first time then, because before that. Nope, it's definitely not. Want to bet? Yeah, I do. He's stats played in the wild card stats round. Department. Stats department. Go to Pro Football it. Reference right now. I literally just looked at this. He's played in the wild card round a total of four times. Yeah. What, what, what years? Last year. Okay. It's one. Bully, you want to keep going? Oh, I don't know the years. I just, I just know it's only four, four times. What, what do you mean? You only know. All right. Does Hugh have to? Is Hugh about to be the new stats right. department? I got it right here. 2019 played in the wild card, for, wild card round. In 2009, he played in the wild card round and lost to the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was the Flacco, Ray Rice game. Flacco game, yeah. 2006, he played in the wild card round. He beat the New York Jets. 2006. 2005, he played in the wild card rounds. They beat the Jaguars. Again, the, it's Jaguars. Yeah. So those are there's the four no, games. There's no W in Jaguars. You I say literally Jaguars. can't hear the difference. You're saying Jaguars. You're saying J-A-G. W I R E. Can we focus on you being wrong? No. Bully, go. Thoughts. Damn I just it. want to say uh, we'll see. This. <laughs> we'll see if the Washington defense can hold up versus a leader who is no longer a Patriot. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, I think this line is out of control. So there have been two instances in non-strike years where a losing record team has made it into the playoffs. They are 2-0 in the wild card round. I mean, Tampa Bay is going to roll. I'm sorry. Nine is a lot of points for is, an away team. Is Mike Evans going to play? I think he is. He's on track to play. Because it's just a tweak Tammy in, or something. In the moment, it looked worse than... It looked very bad. But I think he is going to play. That's the problem. I don't think Washington's secondary isn't great but their front four is one of the best in the nfl yeah but what does brady do better than ever probably any quarterback in the nfl not so, deal with pressure by front no, four and no, dropping so, seven into coverage that's literally dude, the blueprint dude. yeah of any fucking quarterback ever like i fucking that's such a lazy take well if you get to the quarterback you know he could be but yeah and no quarterback likes being like tossed around no that's like about getting the ball out like quick it's like death by like a thousand little cuts you know, just fucking getting it quick. But again, I don't know. It's new system. And Bruce Arians is a fucking plug. Bruce Arians does not like getting the ball out quick. Yeah, he's a fucking dumbass. He likes to let it marinate in the back there. He's, he's a fat fuck. As you could tell, I do not like Bruce Arians. He's a better version of Adam Gase. All wow. He wow. <laughs> it's all he is. Hubie whisper my ass. That... That's a take that I cannot. You're going down a road I cannot follow. 
Remember that time that I bought Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski a shot at the bar, and then we all did tequila, and I puked on the bar right when I did the tequila shot? Because that happened. Have I told you guys that story? No. Oh, yeah. I, I tried to catch the puke in my mouth, but it all came out on the bar, and Gronk and Edelman just saw That's me. Bully's number three game to play at a bar. <laughs> yeah. I can't take this shot. And he bought it himself. Well, because I was like, oh, man, they're going to think I'm so cool. Like, maybe they invite me to their VIP area. What bar? What? (laughs) There's a lot of context that I think we're missing in this story. It was one summer when I was in college. Uh, I think it was going into my senior year. Might have gone into my junior year. And uh, I was out with buddies. And we saw Gronk and Edelman in, like, a VIP section with, you know, just a horde of females around them. Mm. And uh, we're like, hey, like, could we? Could we buy like a tequila shot for like them? And the guy was like, oh, yeah, I guess so, sure. So like they sent out the shots over there and like they were like pointed, they were like, Oh, like those guys over there. We gave like the razor around, be like, hey, like, what's up? And then we all did it, and like they're like looking at us, and then I did I could not take the shot, and it just went and then right back out. And um, I tried to catch it, and I put my hand up and it went through my fingers on top of the bar, and then I quickly and quietly and covertly went to the bathroom and just puked everything up and a fucking bouncer came in and he's like you gotta go and then yeah he was like the line. but he was like no 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 like I'll, I'll take care of him like i swear like he's just he's just a pussy like he just like throws up after every shot like he's he's had like four beers i swear <laughs> he just throws then, up after every shot he's one of those guys you know <laughs> and uh, they let me stay wow but uh yeah it was kind of gross we had to move locations at the bar because it was puke yeah and you and julian edelman and rob gronkowski watched you throw up at a bar yep. that's yep. your claim to fame it's one of them yep. i don't know why that's on your twitter bio <laughs> yeah i i didn't think it was relevant all right moving on we have uh, <laughs> on sunday morning or sunday at one we have the ravens at titans a revenge game for the ravens they got mushroom thumped last stop. year in the playoffs i'm not gonna stop it's it's not it's never gonna stop for all of us baby <laughs> trademark yeah, they got shit stomped at home, and now they get a chance to go into Tennessee and do the same to the Titans. <sighs> love the Titans. I love Tennessee. I love the underdog. Home dog. Mm-hmm. Love it. You say you like the home dog, and you just laid eight against. Yeah, I like this home dog. I don't like that home dog. Yeah, and the Titans actually played – probably the best game of week 17 against the Texans. That game was a track meet. Almost like it's made for tractor Cito. Because mm. it is tractor Cito season last time I checked. Yeah. And I think the Titans are just as good as they were last year. There's no reason to think that they're not. Yeah. It's just, I think they're just as good, but a lot of other teams in the AFC are much, much better. The Ravens, the Ravens are doing their classic Ravens, John Harbaugh thing, though. They looked middling pretty much all season until the end of the season. They're catching lightning in a bottle, and they look really good right now. Yeah, but I wouldn't trust them as far as I could throw them. I think that's fair. I, but... don't, I, don't, I don't trust Lamar. Yeah, I, that's my notes. Ravens, Titans, both these teams going nowhere this year. Bottom line. Well, the going nowhere. The somebody's going into the divisional divisional round. Yeah, that's that's just fake news right there. 
According to Bully, I think one of those you know, teams we have a spoiled New England fan here. So if you don't win the championship, your team is going nowhere. I just Whoa. want to point that out for the viewers. Bought the lie. It's not a viewer. It's an audio form. You fucking dumbass. It's like the third time today you've been like, oh, yeah. if you could see what I'm wearing, my Crowley W hat. They can't see you. They can do that if they're on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash spot the lie. That's not quite how Patreon works yet, but if, maybe it will in yeah. the future. No, we can because you we can do video pods. I understand how it could work. Or as, as they call it in the business, VODs. What I'm saying right now is that's not how it does work. Anywho, so we're all in agreement that Tennessee is going to thump. Mushroom thump. There it is. <laughs> Coined and minted. <laughs> all right. Uh, what's the next game on the Sunday? Uh, 4.40 p.m. We have the Bears at Saints. Another regular season rematch. The Saints beat the Bears in overtime. And it wasn't the same Bears team. It was the Big Dick Nick-led Bears. And this line is New Orleans minus 10, minus 9, depending on where you look. Uh, yeah, I had it minus 10. That's what the uh, William Hill line is. It's a, it's, two, it's, a, it's a large line. It's the biggest of the weekend. Too, too much for me. Um, I think Chicago is going to lose, but they're going to cover. I think Chicago has a chance to win this game. Okay. All righty. This is like my Rams take. Chicago should have beaten them in the regular season. Mitch is playing better than Nick Foles did. I know what this is. I know what you're doing right now. I know what you're doing. You're trying to will the Bears into winning (laughs) so that the Packers get to play the Bears. Not the Bucks. This is is from a place of fear. You don't truly believe this. It's not fear. It's optimism. I mean, I don't not truly believe it. I think... They can get pressure. This is also why you, you want the football team to beat the Bucks. You're you're afraid of Brady. You're afraid of the big bad. I'm not Bucks. afraid of Brady coming into Lambeau. Record this, listeners. <laughs> Mark that line down. Which is also why I'm not going to. I have a lot of spot the lie curses that we've been doing. Pretty much since spot the lie has been introduced, we've cursed pretty much every team. So we'll get into later the overall predictions for the playoffs but uh i'm not gonna pick who you think i might pick but i do think the bears are very live dogs in this game i don't think they can score enough they they showed that against the packers yeah the packers, the, packers, don't, the packers don't have a fantastic defense no not by any stretch of the imagination but the packers do know the bears LaFleur is undefeated. He's 4-0 against the Bears. It's a large sample size. It's large yeah, enough. Is that, is that okay, do you want to go over Rodgers' record against the Bears? Because it's embarrassing for the Bears. But not statistically significant. Rodgers' record against the Bears? It's been like 13 years. Sample size. It's like 26 games. Yeah, what's the uh, How more of like? a sample size do you want? The limit does not exist. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we are lock going on. Okay. That's a, that's put a pin in that game. You know, just say there's spot the lie. We have a house divided for that. We one. do have a house divided. Um, what's and then what's the last game of the weekend? Yeah. The Packers fan rooting for the bears, which makes me feel sick to my stomach, but yeah, it's, it's chest ain't checkers. 
the last game of the week. Again, we're going to close. Well, not again, I guess, but we're closing the season off with a rematch from week 17. The Browns are visiting the Steelers. So last week, these teams played. The Steelers played nobody. They didn't even bring them to Cleveland. And the Steelers won, or the Browns won by two points. Mason Rudolph almost engineered the comeback against the Browns. So I, I, I have a small segment of a take. I think Mason Rudolph could be a successful NFL quarterback with the right situation. I'm not talking about breaking the records, but he could be a Kirk Cousins line of demarcation as like a 15th or 16th best NFL quarterback. The Andy Dalton 3.0. Yeah, the line. Anyone above him is a good quarterback. Anyone below them is a bad quarterback. That's, but again, this is neither here nor there. I just wanted to let I, my take into the atmosphere. So I am on the record saying that Mason Rudolph would have been the, one of the best quarterbacks out of that draft class. Oh, wow. Which is a terrible, terrible thing to have on the record. That was, did not age well at all. Mason Rudolph looks like trash. So I disavow that take. Can't That's like saying it. Josh Rosen at this point is going to make it. Dude, Josh Rosen might, dude. I think San Francisco's <laughs> going to try and fucking throw him out there next year. I swear to God. If they don't get one of the big gets, like a Matt Ryan or hell, even Deshaun Watson now, because Deshaun Watson's pissed off. But like... As he should be. I don't know. I'm, am I crazy? Anyways, I, back I to Browns it. at Steelers. I you have Rosen. been playing with your a issue with Your issue with Mason Rudolph is that his name is Brett Mason Rudolph III. And that is not a quarterback name. Yes, it is. Brett? Yes, it is. Brett? Brett. You're saying Brett isn't a quarterback's name? Yeah. The third? Dude, dude, you, that's some like old money white people shit. That's like Peyton Manning. Fucking Eli Manning. You know Eli's real name? I don't, but I'm about to Google it right now. It's Elijah. like Alicia. Alicia. Nelson yeah. Manning the fourth. <laughs> Fucking legend. <laughs> Alicia? How does the, the youngest child get the fourth, by the way? Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Peyton That's had weird. a big ass head. They're like, this guy's not going to make it. Yeah, because his dad's his dad's name is Alicia Archibald Manning the third. All right. This is. And then who? his dad. <laughs> Probably the second. second. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> Elisha, Alicia Archibald Manning Jr. His father was known as Buddy. So they all have the same name, but they all go by something completely different. That happens a lot. It's yeah. weird, man. That's some white people shit. Anyway, right. so about the Browns at the Steelers. That was a uh, terrible take, ben, bully. Ben coming back. TJ Watt's going to be back, obviously. Can, can the Browns win this game? Pittsburgh's favored by six points. I think the Browns can win this game. Will they? I no. don't. I think this is this is a big Ben, big Ben NFC North revenge game. Also, I don't know if we want to talk about it right now. We can talk about it later. The coronavirus protocols could just screw yeah. over the Browns. That's, that's what I was. That's I, what I, I was going to bring up. We should. That's talk why about I think now. the Browns are not going to win this game. But I think if everything went according to plan, I think they at least had a a fighter's chance. But and also, side note: Does every game have to be a revenge game? I'm kind of over this whole revenge game thing. Yeah. Revenge games are the main storyline in the NFL. That's how you keep the people in. No, a good game. Is how Last you keep week we in. had a Mason Rudolph revenge game. He got hit in the hey. head with a helmet. Yeah, he shouldn't have been standing there. 
Yeah. So the Browns haven't practiced all week and might just not. Yeah, and Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year, is going to be sitting at home and the special teams coach is taking over head coaching duties. We saw how this happened. We saw how this worked with the Lions. And I just got to – I think we can also just at this point talk about just the NFL's complete not giving a fuck about the coronavirus after like week six. They were like, yeah, you get it whatever if he dies he dies like they didn't move shit dude and i i lost it when it was last sunday night and they were like game 256 like oh wow can you believe we played all of the games didn't have to cancel any like this is such a great achievement in like roger goodell is like a feather in his cap and i was like yo we had a game on a fucking wednesday like this has been we had a game on a wednesday we had another game that they refused to move so that way a practice squad wide receiver had to play quarterback you had another game that they refused to move by one day. Both of those games could have moved one day where who were the Lions? Like the wide receiver coach who Lions already fired their coaching staff. Their offensive coordinator was their head coach, their interim head coach, head coach. And then you had their wide receiver coach calling plays and they just got shit stomped. Like they should not be praised for refusing to accept any sort of It's a weird way to celebrate. I feel like they should have just like glanced over it and kept on going and hope people didn't like remember what just feels like one of those things where Roger Goodell like called down to the booth and was like, if you don't fucking jerk me off, you're not going to get that was they 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 gave Roger Goodell the handy. So that way they could talk shit about Doug Peterson pulling Jalen Hurts. Also, um, I, I don't know if this is breaking news or not. Um, and this, but this will affect the Sunday night football game. <clears throat> the Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster just gave this statement to a reporter on the Cleveland Browns. I will read it in full. I gave it to a Cleveland Browns beat reporter. Just, I think it was just in an interview. I don't know if he might have been in a press conference. <clears throat> yeah. Quote: I think they're still the same Browns teams I play every year. I think they're nameless gray faces. They have a couple good players on their team, but at the end of the day, I don't know. The Browns is the Browns, end quote. So thoughts is, is Juju just fucking addicted to getting just smoked out on the field? Do you want to change your 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 bet now? I think Cleveland's gonna win out, right? <laughs> Juju, buddy, remember oh, no, buddy. like what two, did you doing? two or three years ago when he was riding his bike to practice, and we were like, "Look at this guy! Look how yeah, know? it was you. You loved him." I still think I, I, I knew do he, love was a, him. he was a ticket. I think I'm okay ball. with the heel turn, though. I mean, he's a USC guy. What do you expect? The fuck does that mean? USC. What do you think it means? He was the, fucking model. Do the Steelers have a culture problem? You know, you go back to like Antonio Brown, Heinz Ward, like keep looking. Heinz you know, Ward? Yeah. It goes back. It's just now become, it, it's always been in there. It's been a current of the Steelers organization, and now it is the. It's just, it's just the way the receivers. Well, I mean, you, you could say it. You could just say Mike Tomlin. You know, you have to I be going to blame it on Big Ben because Big Ben is the biggest drama queen that the NFL has had since like Brett Favre. He bitched for three years that he was going to retire. And then they draft Mason Rudolph. And then he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't see how that helps us win. Like, dude, you said you were going to fucking retire every year. Like, what do you expect's going to happen? All right, so wrapping up the Browns and the Steelers, let's get into our Super Bowl picks. 
who do you have coming out of the NFC? Who do you have coming out of the AFC? Who do you have winning the whole thing? Cuffy, what do you got? Out of the National Football Conference, I have the Buccaneers of Tampa Bay. I, I think that they're starting to heat up at the right time. I think Brady's very comfortable. I think a lot of the early season stuff when like Brady was kind of not looking so hot were just like, I mean, I don't want to excuse it, but it was like basically like iron out the kinks. I feel like healthy health wise, no, they are outside of Evans. They're good to go. And I mean, they can afford to be down one receiver because they are fucking like just loaded in the, in the skills positions. Um, so I think Tampa Bay is coming out of the NFC. I think out of the AFC, uh, the Buffalo Bills. I, I really think they're also just a very solid team, both offense and defense, but I think depth as well. Uh, just great, great team building. Sean McDermott and I, Brandon Bean, I think, is the GM. Uh, mm-hmm. Done a great job. I think that uh, – I mentioned this in our, in our podcast group chat earlier in the week, but kind of like last year's Green Bay team, I mean, they were kind of like a paper – Paper dragon? Is it paper tiger or paper dragon? I don't know which one's the correct paper tiger. I think is the you know they, they were like they're basically their record was a lot better than they actually were. I think that's Kansas City this year. Um, you know it's a good team, but I think Buffalo can really take it to the wire. I think Buffalo can go into Arrowhead and beat them as for a final score or who's going to win because I don't I don't really know final score yet. I think Buffalo is finally going to get their first ever Super Bowl wow. win. That's not me trying me trying to be like a Homer or an AFC bias, East bias. You don't, root, you don't root for the division? Uh, I, I, I just think that they're the best team, top to bottom. I think they've gotten better as the year goes on. And you know what? I, the people of Buffalo, they're beautiful people. They're, they're salt of the earth. They, they deserve it. They went to four straight Super Bowls, and they lost all four. Pretty much pro- getting progressively worse final score each Super Bowl, too. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. sad. They deserve to be happy. You know, it's been a tough year. Um, so that's who I'm rooting for. I really, I think, but I do think it's going to be Buffalo over Tampa Bay. First ever home Super Bowl, Tampa Bay playing in their home stadium. But um, you think they, the home team loses it? I think that's it. Too. Isn't that a nice little story? Okay. Uh, Bully. Bully, any thoughts? Uh, I like a rematch of Super Bowl one with the Chiefs and the Packers. I like the Green Bay Packers to win. Um, I just think the Packers are going to go all the way because they're the best team in the NFL this year with the best quarterback of all time. Thank you. Uh, thank you for cursing us. I appreciate it. So my NFC team is also going to be the Bucks uh, for a lot of the reasons that Cuffey stated. I think they're very, very tough to beat. I think the hardest matchup that they have is – with the saints actually they beat the shit out of the packers and the packers haven't really shown the ability matt lafleur and this packers coaching staff hasn't shown the ability to make in-season adjustments uh last year the 49ers beat the shit out of the packers and then they did again in the nfc championship game so that's my team coming out of the nfc for the afc it's i i want I want to pick the Bills and I want to have a unified podcast pick, but I I just don't know if I see Josh Allen going in to Kansas City and beating that team. I think they're outmatched in almost every sense of the word. The coaching is a mismatch. The quarterbacks are both good, but Mahomes 
you can't deny that he's better than Josh Allen right now. The wide receivers in Kansas City are better. Maybe you give them the edge. Maybe give the Bills the edge on defense. But even then, the Bills defense hasn't really shown a ton recently. And Kansas City is just one of these teams that can score in bunches whenever they need to. They looked completely flat against Atlanta a couple weeks ago. Atlanta took the lead. Patrick Mahomes marched down the field like 70 yards in a minute. And they just make it look so easy when they need to turn it on. And I think we see the passing of the torch when Mahomes beats Brady in the Super Bowl. I don't see how the Bucks slow Mahomes down. So I, I think that's my I pick. Took, it's a, a boring bit. pick. It's a very boring pick. I'll agree. But that's what I have to go with. I take a little offense to you saying the coaching is uh, head and shoulders. Sean McDermott's a good coach. Sean McDermott Reed, is a good coach. I know Andy Reid's like very, very solid. Going to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, he's going to be like top five and wins. Great. He still does some dumbass shit a lot of the time. And kind of, gets, I mean, that was the stuff that, you know, earlier in his career, it was pretty much a lot of the Eagles stuff. Yeah. It was like, it was sometimes, I mean, the Eagles went to what, four straight NFC title games? Three like, straight. And they hosted three straight NFC championship games. But they went to four straight. I think they did go to four straight. You're correct. And, but like his, like, especially in the Super Bowl, it was on display that the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl, I mean, that time management, it was, mm-hmm. always, I mean, it's okay. cliche, it's always a knock against him. It was like, Jesus Christ. And he does that. He almost is getting bailed out by Mahomes a lot of the time. I mean, this is like the classic, you know, Belichick Brady. Who did it? Like, who's the, the real success person? I Mahomes think cover up a lot of mistakes. I need to disagree with that. I need to disavow that statement. I think people said the same stuff about McNabb too. McNabb was nothing without Andy Reid. And that is very, very clear in retrospect. Oh, so is this a hot take? Do we need to nail down the dog? Are you saying that no, without I don't... Andy Reid, Mahomes is also? I think no, it's... But, but I, I think, think this is what you're... Andy Reid was, was instrumental in Mahomes. Mahomes was the third quarterback off the board. I mean, he wasn't a Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck prospect. Like, let's not sugarcoat it let's not make revisionist history here he sat for his entire first year other than week 17 when they already had a playoff spot clinched behind alex smith like coaches like that are very very instrumental in nfl quarterbacks development yeah i know it's just it's just a hypothetical but you take if you switch patrick mahomes and deshaun watson right now after that development maybe you don't see a difference yeah i would agree with that all right. Those are but the, also, uh, also huge. Just as a as a Packers fan, do you want to talk through the gauntlet of quarterbacks? If you may need to uh, go through, if the Green Bay Packers win the Super Bowl, they will most likely have to beat Brady, Breeze, Mahomes. That's an incredible murderer's row of Super Bowls. I mean, you're looking at potentially. The only person that has the potentially next to their name because their career isn't that long is Mahomes as a Hall of Famer. You're looking at three straight potential Hall of Fame quarterbacks you have to play against. Yeah, I was gonna and, say. I was gonna say, has there ever been a quarterback that had to beat three other Super Bowl winning quarterbacks? I was gonna say Hall of Famers, but oh, 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 oh. Has there? Oh. Has there ever been a Super Bowl uh, winning well, quarterback? That, that seems like a question for the stats department. <laughs> Well, wasn't that yeah. it was the uh, one of the one of the early Patriot years? Didn't Brady had to go through a gauntlet? He had to go through well, such he, as yeah, it's the McNabb year, but McNabb's not a Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, it, it was Peyton. And he's also not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. No also McNabb. 
But he could have been if they beat if he beat the Patriots. Well, sure, but that that's like saying Rich Gannon could have been a Hall of Super Bowl winning quarterback. He sh- damn well should be. Fucking those Gruden, MVPs. Gruden knew the play. Gruden knew the play. <laughs> Actually, Breeze Speaking wasn't. Breeze has never been thumpings. an MVP. <laughs> Breeze has never been an MVP, so I can't even say three straight MVP quarterbacks. Yeah, well, get your facts straight. All right, I this didn't is, say it. I said get your facts straight. So yeah, my facts were straight. Can you shut up for one time? God damn it! I just wish. I just wish if it is a rematch of the um, Super Bowl one with the Packers and the Chiefs mm-hmm. that the halftime show goes back to Super Bowl one where they had like marching bands from like the <laughs> University of Arizona at halftime. Yeah, that would be fucking hilarious. It's yeah, it'd be incredible. Especially people sitting at home like, oh, Jennifer Lopez, Shakira shaking that ass. Boom, snare drum. It's like a drum line. I was hoping that we would have gotten it for Super Bowl 50. It would have been a rematch Super Bowl one, but here we are. Moving on. All right, finally, moving on uh, to, you know, the other – how many teams are in the uh, playoff? 14 teams. Are, the other 16 teams not in the pl- – no, fuck, that's wrong. Nope, that's the other right. eight. <laughs> <laughs> the other Keep 18 that. teams. <laughs> the other 18 teams not in the playoffs. It is coaching carousel season. So right now the there are a few openings. The New York Jets, the Jacksonville Jaguars – I'm going to repeat that. Jaguars, take notes, Hugh. The Atlanta Falcons, the Houston Texans, the Detroit Lions, and the San Diego, scratch that, Los Angeles Superchargers all have head coaching openings. Um, I guess I, I don't really know how we want to approach this, whether which landing spot is the most attractive. I mean, obviously, I'll lead it off. The most attractive landing spot has to be Jacksonville Jaguars, with the only wow. caveat being that Shad Khan. Right disagree with that oh actually you know what now that i just said it it's the be, la it's chargers a, the chargers it's the yeah. chargers yeah I'll, t- I'll walk that one back jacksonville number two chargers it's obvious you have your quarterback boom the hardest part of the question is out and talented uh, roster and you live in la and a good defense i, I just said talented roster yeah that's probably the most talented team that's out there uh and you live in la don't sleep on that 405 is a bitch yeah. Uh, so I have, a, I have a take oh, about oh, 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 how the just, Chargers... No, no, keep going. I wasn't in the middle of my own list. No, keep going. Well, is that how we're doing it? Or are we dissecting each landing sure. spot? Sure. I think we agree that they're both... That the Chargers are number one. So can we talk about who the Chargers should hire? Yeah, let's do both then. I thought Bully suggested something else, but apparently someone doesn't listen on the podcast. You can do it however you guys want. Jeff Fisher... All right. That's no. who they should fire up the, the I'm coming home montage, even though he's, well, he is coming home to LA. Yeah. But so seriously, kind of a, who should they, who should they get then? Okay. I have so. kind of a hot take about how, who the Chargers should hire. So usually when you see a team with a top young quarterback, you think you want to hire them. You want to put them with somebody like a McVay type, right? You want an offensive genius. You want the Eric B Etc. I think they should get Sala from the San Francisco 49ers and go defensive and instead bring up a this is obviously the hard part to do about this, but try to find a young offensive coordinator or a young 
quarterback coach, play passing game coordinator somewhere that you can bring in with Sala, maybe from Shanahan's system for Herbert. I think that defense is so good. It would be a disservice to throw them aside just to focus on Herbert. And I think Herbert has shown that he can, he can last, he can do good things with bad coaching. So I don't think you're going to worry about hurting his development. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad thought. If they were going to go that sort of offensive route, though, I was thinking someone like a Byron Leftwich or someone that uh, Joe Brady. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, someone, someone yeah. that's that's on that uh, that younger side. I don't know. He's so young. But you're convincing. Yeah. You're 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 convincing here about let let Herbert be Herbert with a good OC and focus elsewhere. Yeah, and I think Salah can. The things that Salah could do with Joey Bosa, I mean, he has his brother already up north, but I think it's a, a good – I don't see how that goes wrong. Unless he's a bad coach. I mean, that's like every single time they hire a new coach. I don't right. I guess the risk, the risk of that move, the risk of my move, is that you're bringing in two like young coaches that don't have any sort of head coaching experience where usually – what you do if you do like the McVeigh um, blueprint, you bring in somebody like a Wade Phillips for defense, somebody who's been a former head coach. Packers kept Petten when we brought LaFleur in, somebody that they can just focus on the one side of the ball. So that's the that's the part of it. That's the risk. I mean, what's um you know who would on um, if you want to do defense, like a Todd Bowles? Yeah. He does have prior head coaching experience, probably learned some lessons. Because I feel like that's a big thing. Like, I, I hate how like people get knocked. Obviously, it's a case-by-case basis. But I think it does speak something if they've already been a coach before. It's like they're not going in completely dry. Like they know how to have foreplay before they go in. And so like they can learn from that. I mean, Todd Bowles is doing really good work, that, albeit he has a very talented defense in Tampa Bay. But, I mean, he always kept those Jets teams like competitive – despite like ownership and the GM being fucking terrible. Does Bulls want to be a head coach again? That was the way what Wade Phillips, he just completely stopped wanting to be a head coach after. You could ask him. I don't know. It doesn't hurt to ask. I'm being like serious. Um, all right. So what about Marvin Lewis? That's a defensive. It... Woof. That's how he interviewed for the Jets. <laughs> he did interview for the Jets. <laughs> the Chargers. Not... So should we talk about who the Chargers did bring into interview? Again, yeah. They brought in Jason Garrett, the offensive Yuck. coordinator of the Yuck. New York Giants. Yuck. Did you know that he went to Princeton? A oh, fun fact. <laughs> you know, you know who else went to Princeton? Or Ivy League school? Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz and Josh Holly. Oh, one of my college professors hazed Ted Cruz for the debate team at Princeton. When Ted Cruz was a freshman, he was a senior. And he said, I haze the fuck out of Ted Cruz. Quote, unquote. He said that after two cocktails at a, at a happy hour. It's like uh, Ted Cruz's former roommate who just like talks shit about Ted Cruz the entire time when he's like, Ted Cruz is against masturbation. College kid Ted Cruz was, uh, that's news to him. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. All right. So I guess what's the second best landing spot is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. What about Texans? Dude, Deshaun Watson may no longer be on the Houston Texans. <laughs> the Texans issue—they don't have any picks. 
Yeah, that's a terrible spot. How do you build that roster? Yeah, you know what, Bully? You can have the Texans. You and myself will be chilling down in Jacksonville. Uh, the only the only issue with Jacksonville is the Shad Khan saying he he's going to have final say over the roster, which yeah, I but don't for know a head how, coach, I don't know how set in stone you are because obviously the big news is that they're really trying to pursue Urban Meyer, which yep. I think is a terrible idea. It's a fucking awful idea. If they want to go college, to be honest, I'd say you get the Northwestern guy, Debo, the, the Iowa State guy, or Harbaugh. To be honest, no. I would, I wouldn't hate Harbaugh. Didn't Harbaugh, Harbaugh just resign for like eight years in at Michigan? Yeah, but you can that always get nothing. out. You can always get out of contracts. Harbaugh's not leaving until the Miami job opens back up. Oh, I was, I actually thought he might go to the Jets because I think that'd be a pretty good. No, I mean the owner of the Miami Dolphins is in love with Harbaugh. He's the reason he's at Michigan now. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought I thought Harbaugh would be like a legacy guy. He's like I'm gonna just be the Michigan guy. Yeah, yeah. he can't beat Ohio State so doesn't fucking matter. seriously literally none well, of this year you couldn't beat fucking anybody so yeah they were building right COVID. some things are bigger than sports okay he's the one that wanted fucking michigan to play football but anyways yeah. i don't there is a huge issue with the jags uh nobody wants to be there that roster is dog shit yeah but you have so much it's, to work like if you actually you got to commit to being there for four to five years and like have a strong vision be like okay you're gonna get the one piece of the puzzle the largest piece of the puzzle you have where do you go from there if which Trevor is like okay yeah urban meyer sure but urban meyer is a bit like his like he flames out his shit gets old mm-hmm. if he can't keep getting fresh blood in oh it also gets old when everybody finds out you know the police records that he's been covering up domestic violence and murders and drug deals and etc 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 i fucking hate urban meyer yeah, I fucking hate Urban Meyer too. He would be an awful. He's going to be an awful NFL head coach. And as soon as things get tough, his heart's going to start acting up, and he's going to fucking leave. So, he's a pussy. Uh, yeah, he sucks. He's awful. He covered up Aaron Hernandez for years. He pitched him back to New England, like knowing all of that shit. He's a fucking snake. He's the definition of a fucking snake. Bully's awfully quiet. Big urban guy over there. His name's uh, fucking Urban too. Like, what, yeah, what the fuck? I know. My brother's name is Rural. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> oh, this is my sister, Metropolitan. Doug Marone has been. This is a Huey insider pick right now. Doug Marone has been my first coach fired bet for like five fucking years. He's outlived his usefulness in Jacksonville. Hold on, I want to see okay, the, the list of coaches that have coached in Jacksonville. Are you guys ready for it? Oh my God. So Coughlin was the first, right? Yeah. It's, it's how long did was Coughlin there? Coughlin was there for eight years. Jack yeah, he, got an AFC, he got to an AFC championship game his first season. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were fucking sick. It's like those, like those early, it was yeah. them and the, they're in the Panthers. Like those like add two entry mm-hmm. teams. The, they redid it when the, when the Texans came in. They like, oh man, I want to alone. Cut that part. <laughs> So there's only been six head coaches in the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, you know, the, the long and storied history of the Jacksonville Jaguars. 1994 or whatever. 95. Tom Coughlin, Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio fucks. Yeah, he's in uh, Las Vegas now, isn't he? Oh. Um, he's the defensive coordinator of Vegas. So Jack Del Rio, 
got fired, I believe, in 2011. Interim head coach, Mel Tucker. Oh, we're counting interims on this list? Oh, this Jack is what... Del Rio is the defensive coordinator of the Washington football team who you're rooting for. This oh, week. right, right. You think, you think he pulls out the leather jacket for this weekend's game? The Letterman? Is no, JJ what playing? I was, was going to say, yeah, JJ. Uh, okay, so Mel Tucker, Mike Malarkey. Mel Tucker. Wow. Mike Malarkey, one year. It was 2012. What's Mike Malarkey up to these days? He, uh, let's, let's see. Let's, let's do a little deep dive on what Mike Malarkey is doing. Mike Malarkey is 59 years old. <laughs> he is right now. Divorced father uh, of two. He is, I believe, unemployed. The last he was, he was the tight ends coach for the Atlanta Falcons last year or two years ago. Oh, I mean, I respect the hell no, out he, of it. No, he, he's not unemployed. He, quote unquote, retired. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I was an NFL, if I was an NFL head coach for any length of period of time after two years, I would retire and just be done with it. Um, okay, so we got Mike Malarkey. Then we have Gus Bradley for four years. Holy shit! I remember <laughs> Gus Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> Gus Bradley for four years, and then it leads us to our beautiful baby bitch, Doug Marone. Doug Marone He's been there for how long? For four years, he finished with a whopping record of 20, 23 and forty three for. <laughs> 0.348 winning percentage. So here's the thing about why Jacksonville might be more appealing than you originally think is because Shad Khan's just like a drunk at the wheel. He is not fucking, he's not, he's giving everybody four years no, at the it's, very least. Patience is a virtue. And apparently Shad Khan is the most virtuous man on planet Earth. He's too busy dealing with Manchester United. And how are they doing? Not so hot either. I don't know. This isn't oh, a soccer what? podcast. That can be. Can be. It's called football. No, no he owns Fulham, not Man U. Yeah. It's the same the, stuff. The Tampa guy owns Man U. Surprised right. you didn't know that. And that was talking soccer. That was it. Um uh yeah, but like honestly, real talk, who should who should it be? It's gonna be Urban, so why are we even talking about it? If it's not All Urban, right. it's Ryan Day. It's Ryan Day's not leaving especially not for that fucking team. All right, so who, who, this is where it starts to get tough. Contentious. What is the third best landing spot of the available openings right now? We have the Lions, the Texans, the Falcons, or the Jets. So I am going to go with Bully on, or I'm going to go with Bully's pick for number two and go with the Texans. But I'm going to caveat that with, I am a huge Deshaun Watson fan. Yeah, if you if you get Deshaun Watson involved and you say, who do you want to coach you and help with the search? But it sounds like he was pretty pissed off because that didn't happen with the GM role. He already tweeted out who he wants to be his head coach. He tweeted out like a week after Bill O'Brien got fired. He wants to be enemy. Yeah. I don't get why they wouldn't just appease him. I have, it doesn't make any sense. Bring in the enemy with Watson. That would be sick. It's, it's, it, it makes too much sense. I think that that's actually what's going to happen because they're going to try and talk him off the ledge. They'd be dumb if they do anything. Agreed. Yeah. So let's just, let's book that one in. But I don't think they're going to do it. Why? Who are they going to bring in? Because the ownership team <laughs> does not care what Deshaun Watson wants for some reason. They let, they let Jack Easterby fucking be the Rasputin and just fucking yeah. fuck this whole 
thing up. You thought you thought Bill O'Brien was bad, but wait, there's more. I don't blame if Deshaun if the rumors are true, which I don't think they are, that Deshaun is demanding to get out of town. I do not blame he him. He tweeted that, and then he tweeted the uh, "some things never change." Dot dot dot, and yeah. he sent it to the group chat, and you were like, "Oh, it could be about anything. It could be about Clemson." The- well, it was also when a coup was happening. To be clear, when he tweeted that out, so. Well, then he also deleted it, and now there are pro football talk reports that he is no, pissed. Florio. Well, he he said McNair told him that he would be involved in the GM search, like they would like ask him. Then they hired Casario, and so apparently he uh, Deshaun Watson isn't mad that they hired Casario. He's like whatever. He's mad that they told him he was going to be involved, and then they just he's not. didn't involve him. Like he so, wasn't like he basically the report the reports. I'm doing it air quotes. He wouldn't have been opposed like i believe me i think casario is actually a solid hire just because they're like jaded by trash hire, but it's a great hire i mean one pro bowler in seven years okay there was also a punter a, it's a lazy fucking take literally I mean, it's not a wrong multiple, take we've had, the multiple, lie. we've had multiple all pros about the lie one pro bowler in seven years and it was a punter. did you draft them yes joe tooney oh oh now he's quiet uh, in the third round too yeah shut shit down I, Casario does a lot more. He's a, he's a hell of a guy. It's just because he wants to be the guy, and he's always going to be behind Belichick in Patriots in New England. Anyway. I don't think you can blame Deshaun Watson for being upset about that. Yeah, stop being a little bitch. Play the game. Shoot, shut up and play. Also, this is why I don't think this is probably hot take territory, but Steve McNair is running the team, right? That's the son of the guy who said, if we let them kneel, it's like the inmates running the prison. So that's why I don't think the enemy is on the top of his list to bring in. Yeah, it's a bad team. Trash. trash Trash-ass owners. And that's why I don't hate Deshaun Watson demanding a trade. If they bring in some – they bring in fucking Bob 2.0. Yeah, I was going to start the podcast off a couple days ago. My take was Deshaun Watson will be the next quarterback of the – New England Patriots. Thoughts. <laughs> uh, they, I mean, they have the Cam Newton. They have the playbook right there. They got the running. J- Deshaun Watson can, wow. actually, can actually throw. Dude, Deshaun Watson literally said Cam Newton like blazed a trail for me. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to Hugh. He's like, wow. Yes, yeah. but not because they play the same game. They don't play the same style of quarterback. You want to talk about fucking lazy takes? Is that Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton play the same style of quarterback? Deshaun Watson is mobile, but he doesn't rely on his legs, and he's not like running through people like Cam Newton is. Cam does that now because he's got nothing else. There ain't ain't nothing in that. No, he's been doing that forever. He's had an arm, but then he had shoulder surgeries. But saying that Cam Newton and Deshaun Watson have the same style or quarterback is that's a fucking lazy take right there. All right, so who, who do we th- – I think Jeff Fisher just screams. Jeff Fisher will say, like, one Bible verse in the interview, and they'll be like, sold, all right. <laughs> when can you move down here? Yeah, Bill Cower vibes, too. Bill Cower is not leaving. <laughs> Bill Cower has been out of the league for 15 years. Wow. Oh, right? That, does that make you feel old? <laughs> like, think of everything that has changed in 15 years. Smartphones being first among them. So we've gone through the openings. We've gone through the top prospects of who should be in the top openings. Now let's talk about who didn't get fired that should have been fired. 
top of the list for me personally is Cliff Kingsbury. This guy should have never been hired in the first place. And Arizona sticking with him is unacceptable. So, and I have some stats. Huey, Huey stats is out to back up these claims. Cliff Kingsbury has had three quarterbacks by the names of Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Baker Mayfield. Cliff Kingsbury has also never won more than eight games in one season in his entire head coaching career. Now you might think, okay, that's an anomaly. But Mahomes, if you subtract the years that he was with Cliff Kingsbury, he averages 12.3 wins per season. I did the math. Math Huey is on the fucking lookout this week. Shout out USM. Go Huskies. Kyler Murray. He won 12 games in his one season at OU, Oklahoma, without... Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> his one year as a starter is his one season without Cliff Kingsbury. He won 12 games. Baker Mayfield averages 10.2 wins a season. That's his college years at Oklahoma and his pro years. Did you factor in his Texas Tech years? No, because he was with... Okay, I'm just keeping you honest. Kingsbury. I'm just keeping I you subtracted honest. the years that they were with Kingsbury. Continue. Yeah, I mean, that's the point. Cliff Kingsbury isn't the guy. Yeah, so you mentioned this a couple – middle of the season, and I guess I just never really paid attention that closely. I was like, oh, whatever. It seems like he's doing okay. Like, they have a okay record. Kyler seems to be doing well. I'm with you. He's a uh, – he, he has no business he, – he's an offensive coordinator at best. You know, he has really no business running the team. It's just it's, – it's, it's the age-old saying – hot people get by. I mean, if you look like Ryan Reynolds, you're going to get so many extra chances because you like if right, Jared owner, Goff is still an NFL quarterback, like they have to bring you in and sit you down. And then you're looking across and you're like, damn, that's a good looking son of a bitch. And like, did you, Hey, did you see me in that draft picture? When we did the virtual draft, you see my house. It looks like a set of like a porn fucking movie. Yeah. Wow. This guy's like, seems pretty fun. I mean, he's, he's seems like a pretty cool guy. Fucking Brady invites him every year to the Kentucky Derby. So like, he definitely fucks, but like, yeah, I'm sure he's a cool good. guy. That doesn't it's make him a good, good. NFL yeah, head no. coach. Yeah, but he I, lost I to a backup quarterback with a week to prepare. Hey man, Matt Flynn game to get this. into the playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I came around with you. Yeah, uh, Cl- Cliff wouldn't be my number one, but I want to hear Bully's thoughts before giving my who I think should easily be the number one on the chopping block. But we don't talk about another man's job. No, we do. Fuck yeah, we definitely do. I have a lot of takes about that whole general fucking process. Yeah, yeah. Cuffy's got to stop the platitudes there. Uh, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury's yeah. got to go. Sorry that in our in our the, our time of crisis in our nation, I choose kindness. No, no, it's the NFL. No, it's a, explicitly on the Cardinals. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury, good experiment. Get him out of there. And like they, for the for the organization that had just drafted Josh Rosen in the first round. And then the immediately the very next year drafted Kyler Murray. Like, yeah, why aren't you taking the same approach to coaches? Because they just did this. They're the Arizona Cardinals are dangerously close to becoming the, the Cleveland Browns. They're like a one bad weekend bender away from becoming the Cleveland Browns. They're like me with my weight. It's like, you know, you get like four days of drinking heavy and hard. 
and then you wake up Monday morning, you look yourself in the mirror, and like the muffin top is extremely noticeable, and you're like, "How did this happen?" Well, the issue with them is they know exactly what that what happened, and they're trying to do something about it, and you don't know why it happened, and you don't do anything about it. All right, well, these ad hominem attacks are unfounded. I thought we uh, weren't supposed to be nice. Bully season. <laughs> bully um, season. So I think I agree that Cl- Cliff should be gone, but he's not my number one. My number one is none other than the boy genius, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy fucking sucks mm-hmm. as a coach. And I feel like he's getting a scapegoat in Mitch Trubisky. Yep. Mitch Trubisky isn't as bad as people think he is. He's not as good. And, of course, the, the number he was drafted at fucks him over for the rest of his career. But Matt Nagy stinks. He's arrogant. He's pompous ass. He's not good. He makes, like, literally head-scratching decisions all the fucking time. He's wasting a, as is Chicago Bears tradition, wasting an unbelievable defense on fucking trash. This guy, he should have been out last year. I mean, this yeah. is a fucking joke. And all the moves that, I, that they've been making, bringing in Mike Glennon on, like, what, 20-plus million fucking big dick nick coming right up. before like, they draft mitch trubisky like what are, what is going on here like i'm going to take this time to remind everybody that ryan pace won executive of the year that year and matt nagy won coach of the year that season yeah it just shows you how low the bar is it's like oh well, if you don't completely suck like you'll win it it's also why write this down i think the kevin stefanski the platitudes being tossed his way are way too premature. I literally said that last week. He's Matt Nagy 2.0. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if he's Matt Nagy 2.0 per se, but it's – what has he done? I don't know. I just I – don't, I don't get it. If, if I don't know who the fuck your name is, like who is it? Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals? What the fuck? Like you, you sound like an intern bringing me coffee. That's just because the Bengals owners are cheap as fuck. <sighs> Spot the lie. Paul Brown tearing over his grave right now. Yeah, so Matt Nagy was top of my list. The other one would be Vic Fangio for the Broncos. Trash. Yes, agreed. And it was hilarious watching Vic Fangio and Anthony Lynn coach against each other <laughs> twice this season. It was who could fuck up worse. And it was hilarious to watch. Yeah, uh, it's sad. I mean, it's it's not great. Um, do, do we dare enter into the hot take that is Doug Peterson? Yeah. yeah it's I mean, not, it, I, for Doug Peterson, it's not that he should be fired. It's he should walk into the locker room and then just, you know, the walk in, walk right out the door and be like, nope, no thanks. I'm done. Just put his Abe. hat down, see if Bart <laughs> puts his hat back up. <laughs> it's Abe Simpson. <laughs> like, no, but here's the thing. The, the conspiracy theory NFL Twitter and Reddit was going off where Peterson was not calling the shots on the roster. Peterson has no starting control. Like who starts? He doesn't have control. Who plays? Peterson just calls the plays. It's all up to the GM. So Roseman is the guy pulling all the strings on this. Roseman was making the calls being like Sudfeld has to get in. And Peterson was being the good soldier and doing it, which I don't know if it makes it better, but Roseman's not going anywhere. So therefore he's going to keep his guy. That's going to keep listening to his bullshit. Yeah. And he's, he's 
you know, Roseman and, and Peterson always say, Hey, we brought a Super Bowl to Philadelphia. So you guys can all shut they the fuck that. up. I yeah. mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and as we mentioned earlier in, in the episode, Eagles are fucked. Like they are actually fucked. Yeah. They screwed. They, they came way too quickly with Carson Wentz. They were like, oh, it was. It's. They were like, oh my god, you put, uh, have all the money in the world. The Please. funny thing is that they probably should have tagged Wentz, and the Cowboys are the ones who should have paid their quarterback. But yeah. we'll we'll get into that on our future free agency episode of Spot yeah. the Lie. That's too, there's too much meat on that bone to to take it apart. Yeah, we got right a now. lot there, um, and I think with that, we uh, covered everything. Yeah, we got a we had a loaded episode th- this week. Yeah, we're gonna like slim this down. Yeah, just, just like me in my dry January. <laughs> How's that Bud Light taste? Refreshing with fewer carbs. Bud Light. We're at Spot the Lie Pod. Uh, DMs open. Please, please, we will sell out so fast. We're gonna be like Wayne's World, just up in this bitch. <laughs> I mean, any sponsor, yeah. please. Literally please. anybody. Just one chrome pussy. Commander-in-chief could not be reached to restore order tonight in the podcast. But we're not a political podcast. Not a political pod. <laughs> Twitter, it's at Spot the Lie Pod. This has I- been at Hugh Picks. At Spot the Lie Cuffy. I've been corrected. <laughs> and at Spot the Lie Bully. Instagram, it's uh, at Spot the Lie. SpotTheLiePod.com. And then patreon.com backslash spot the lie. Uh, and if you feel so inclined. Maybe yeah, we, we paused us. our we paused our payments just for you guys, just for the but, listeners. But we can turn those bad bitches back on. If you, if want, you want the video, we'll turn it back on. It'll cost you. <laughs> All right, fuck you. We Joe currently Rogan. have zero tears. Fuck Joe Rogan. Dicky rolling around the city.